0: Listener supported. WNYC Studios.
1: Hello, podcast listeners. Today is the 25th, or Christmas Day, for those of you celebrating the birth of Christ. Happy Christmas! Now, this Christmas happens to coincide with Hanukkah, which gives us a chance to revisit a segment we first aired a couple of Hanukkahs ago. That is to say, on Judaism's eight-day festival of lights, marking one of God's lesser miracles involving lamp oil and the perseverance of the Jewish faith. Celebrated with dreidels and menorahs, latkes and jelly donuts, this relatively newish holiday serves, as Michael David Lucas described in the New York Times, as the, quote, Semitic sidekick... Christmas. The Hanukkah story begins in Greek-controlled Palestine over 2,000 years ago, where Jews enjoyed religious freedom, until a new ruler, the Assyrian Greek King Antiochus, took power, as memorialized in the much-beloved 1996 Rugrats Hanukkah special. From now on, King Antiochus says you have to wear what he wears and read what he reads. You also have to worship his gods. Some people thought this new way of life was fine,
0: but others didn't.
1: If that new king catches us with our old books, we're going to get in a lot of trouble. I don't care. These are the books our forefathers read, and our five fathers, and our six fathers, and I'm not stopping now. Judah, or Yehuda, and his small band of followers, the Maccabees, defeated Antiochus. After the war, under the command of Judah's priestly family, the Hasmoneans, the Jews found the Holy Temple of Jerusalem in ruins, the temple lamp with just enough oil to burn for a single day.
0: But one day went by, and then another, and another, until finally the eight days had passed, and the flame was still burning. And to this day,
1: we light the menorah every year to remember the miracle of Hanukkah. That's the popular Hanukkah narrative, passed down through cartoons and kindergarten classes wherever Jewish kids are at risk of feeling left out at Christmas. But this holiday has a contentious past. According to Rabbi James Ponet. Hanukkah was censored for millennia because the story exposed deep divisions within the Jewish community. That and the Hanukkah miracle, he says, were undercut when the Jewish people lost their land yet again after Hasmonean infighting.
0: In some sense, the question is, what's the miracle here? Is it oil that burned for eight days, or is it that for a brief period of time— In the midst of a couple hundred years in which the Jews were without political control of the land in which they lived, they achieved a political autonomy. It ended badly. The Hasmonean dynasty crumbles in a second civil war, but it happened. This is the most complex and adult of our holidays.
1: Wait, I thought it was like tricks. It's for kids.
0: Exactly. When we confront something that's completely beyond our ability to explain even to ourselves, we give it to the children. As is often the case in Mother Goose and nursery rhymes, we drum out the terror and we bring in uh, obfuscation. So this is a story that covers over a deeper and ongoing story of a civil war. The nature of civil war then and now is that once it happens, it never stops.
1: Now, Judah of the Maccabees was a fundamentalist, but his principal fight was with the Assyrians, was it not?
0: Well, he came from the priestly family, and the priests, we're talking 165 BCE, were divided among themselves. There were those who wished to blend in, who thought that the uniqueness of Judaic practices could be abandoned. And there were others, and this was Judah and his family, that were committed to maintaining the traditions that went back to the Bible. It was a fight among priests, and it was therefore a fight among Jews. The nation has a will to live separate and a will to be part of something larger. We see this as part of the history of humanity.
1: This holiday may have been incorporated into a kind of Independence Day for a dynasty that lasted about 80 years, the Hasmonean dynasty. Then it was pretty much hushed up It's not actually in the Bible, right? It's part of the Apocrypha and not generally where we find our holidays.
0: Exactly. Already in the 3rd century, 2nd, 3rd century, the rabbis who formed the Talmud determined that the books of Maccabees would not be included in the Bible. In fact, we don't have any of them even in Hebrew left. Why? Because these books stirred up a memory of political revolt that cost the Jewish people terribly the rabbis couldn't drown completely the collective memory but they could reshape it the miracle is not in the books of Maccabees mm-hmm. the miracle of oil that burned was a creation of the of the Talmudic rabbis so the Talmud was written in the aftermath of political and military and diplomatic failure now my feeling is they wanted to bury the story it didn't serve the interests of the Jewish people it was really until 1948 we were living still with the sense that we couldn't be a nation-state and until the Messiah came. Hanukkah is an attempt to reshape the memory of the war of Jew against Jew as well as a war of Jews against a foreign oppressor. So let's refocus it on the temple and on a miracle that happened in the temple.
1: It was the Talmudic scholars who reshaped it that way. If you go back to the books of the Maccabees, they do tell us about the Jewish Civil War. Here's a quote from it. There were some evildoers in Israel who tried to win popularity for a policy of integration with the surrounding nations. It was because the Jews had kept themselves aloof for so long, they claimed, that so many hardships had befallen them. They applied to Antiochus, who authorized them to introduce the Greek way of life. They built a Greek gymnasium in Jerusalem and even had themselves uncircumcised,
0: ouch. Exactly, what a stunning example of the radical capacity of the Jewish people then and now to will itself out of separateness, out of particularity, out of the burden of being a small embattled nation into a larger participation of the super global culture of the day. We're still caught in that struggle.
1: You co officiated Chelsea Clinton's interfaith wedding in 2010. Interfaith ceremonies are probably the most controversially assimilative thing that a rabbi could do.
0: That's correct. I think of myself as in some way embodying every way there is of being a Jew today. Mm -hmm. Some Jews are atheists. I know the atheist in myself. Some Jews are are, uh, ultra-Orthodox, Haredim. I know the Haredi Jew in me. I believe in the reality of a Jewish people that is at war in many ways against itself, but I embrace every aspect of it in an attempt to live within the war zone without uh, going fully to war.
1: Getting back to the political... Evolution of the holiday. It was rediscovered in modern times to enable Jewish kids not to feel left out during this season, but it was also embraced by the Zionists and proto Zionists.
0: Yes, the image of the Jew as a military figure is absolutely critical to the standing and stability of the state of Israel. As a matter of fact, the the tactics that Moshe Dayan deployed in the 67 war, the Six-Day War, actually benefited from uh, a reading of the tactics used by the Maccabees, uh, the Hasmoneans, against uh, the Seleucidian Greek armies.
1: Is it fair to say that Hanukkah feels a bit more urgent lately?
0: It is our most urgent holiday because it's the holiday of uh, the will to power and the dangers of power. It is a holiday that is both a call to arms and a warning about what arms can bring about. It's all there. The Jews of the diaspora are choosing not to be fully part of the political exercise of power in Israel today. That allows them to articulate the Jewish voice of moral vision, why we are in the world. While many of the Jews living in the state of Israel today pay the price of being a Jewish national entity in the world. It's part of the secret, I think, of who we are, that we live both in this state and outside of this state. And so what happened in Pittsburgh...
1: That was the, uh, the synagogue shooting in October. Some might see that as a sign that we're vulnerable, we have to take arms, we have to leave America and go to Israel... And then others who say, hey, look, we're not alone. We got solidarity.
0: You're right. There were allies. There were Muslims, blacks, and others that that ran to our aid. And there were policemen who were on our side. It wasn't a pogrom, although some Jews in the United States experienced it that way. And the media kind of flamed it that way, a pogrom. And yet, it was a tragic invasion of innocent people. Uh, And now synagogues in America will be ringed with police, I imagine, for quite some time. The right wing in Israel believes that we are terribly vulnerable. We could be destroyed, God forbid, at any time. The left wing believes we are completely insensitive to the moral blindness that motivates us and that uh, we are strong enough to to make major sacrifices so that we can bring about peace.
1: Mm. How would you prefer we celebrate Hanukkah?
0: I think it needs to be opened up to the most serious kind of discussion such as you and I are having today. What does it mean to be a Jew in the world? The miracle of Hanukkah is that the Jews returned to the world. They didn't just leave it. You know, there was an attempt then, and there have been repeated attempts, to remove the Jews from the world. So there's a miraculous sense that a people that was doomed— recreated its old language, has taken political control of its own land, and is now in the deeply ambiguous and sometimes very ugly and brutal moral frontier of being a nation-state in an age where the nation-state is itself as a system facing a possible extinction. And greater than that, the larger possible extinction, God forbid, of the whole species as we look at universal issues that we Jews need to address. That complexity is what Hanukkah is about,
1: who we are. So you would love it if we would celebrate Hanukkah asking those questions, but absent those questions, would we be better off without it?
0: I don't think so because
1: because <laughs> the kids would get depressed. No,
0: well, the kids would get depressed. We would be diminished without that memory. It's like saying if we could redo Jewish history so that uh, World War II didn't happen, wouldn't you do that? Doing that would be like attempting to turn life into a fairy tale.
1: Much of the Bible is a fairy tale.
0: Either it's a fairy tale or it is uh, some kind of a deep expression of uh, something going on in the Jewish imagination that is alive and well still. It's hard to be a human being. Therefore, it's, it's hard to be a Jewish. I wouldn't give it up. I wouldn't give it up. I would keep it.
1: <laughs> a Jew invented the term the melting pot?
0: Yes, Israel Zangwill uh-huh. created that term, the melting pot, which was then taken over in the United States. This goes back, of course, to a, again a Jewish war between, say, the prophet Isaiah, who saw that the vision of the end of time, Achritay Amin, would be that all nations would come to Jerusalem, that the norm of humanity would be Jerusalem. Over against Micah, who saw that each nation would have its own God, but both of them felt that either through a universal standardization or through a pluralism. There would come about an era where nation would not lift up sword against nation. They yearned for and believed that peace could come, but they were prepared to live in the pre-utopian world. And that seems to me the art of being a Jew, somehow finding a way to live in the world even as you are at war against it and against yourself. And yeah, that that strikes me as the uh, as the stuff of this holiday. So I wouldn't get rid of it, not at all. <laughs>
1: Rabbi James Ponette is the Emeritus Howard M. Holtzman Jewish chaplain at Yale University and the author of the slate piece titled, Hanukkah as Jewish Civil War. Is this the eighth night? We light with family. Recall with great pride our escape from great tyranny in for the big show this weekend, where we look back at the year through the On The Media Lens and answer the question, what the heck is the On The Media Lens? <laughs>